Hi, welcome to episode 529 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. And is there anything more sad than a turtle with herpes? Oh, so sad. Today is Fantastic Four 529, dated September 2005. Appointment Overdue by J. Michael Straczynski and Mike McCone. Welcome back. It's day nine of the ten days of the Fantastic Four podcasting extravaganza. Social media is exploding with excitement. If people can do one three-hour podcast a week, I can manage ten ten-minute podcasts in ten days. So at the top secret government lab in Nevada, or Nevada, where they're working on a rocket ship to send a group of soldiers into space to expose them to cosmic rays and give them fantastic powers... They're trying to repair things after the sabotage last issue, and the project leader, Dr. Deborah Love, thinks that Reed Richards is the one who sabotaged the project to blow up the rocket. They don't have time to fix the rocket before the exact cosmic ray configuration appears in 24 hours, and they're going to duplicate the exact conditions that the FF got their powers, so they can't use another ship. They have to use this one. They have to use one that's just like the ship used in Fantastic Four, issue one, by Reed and the gang. Now they have to be ready for the next Cosmic Ray event, which happens in a year. Reed seems quiet, and when they ask Reed for his thoughts, his response is, Some things were never meant to be. Oh yeah, he's a saboteur, all right. Reed passes one scientist on the back and says, We'll get it next time. And we see that Reed has planted a bug on the scientist's back. Oh, no one's going to notice that bug on the back of the guy's white lab coat. Now, Deborah Love is going through the records to see what caused the malfunction, so Reed thinks to himself that he only has a few hours to do what he has to do next. First of all, he did sabotage that rocket, and he knows he better get off the base before anyone finds out. So he goes back to his bathroom, and he gets a bottle of a, a shampoo or shaving cream, and he opens it up, and it's a device that allows him to call the Fantastic Car. And back at the Baxter building, Sue is brushing her teeth, when she hears something going on in the hangar, she goes to look, and she sees the Fantastic Car taking off by itself. She says to herself, Some people just call a cab when they want to come home. And then she goes about her business. So later, after Deborah Love has seen the video of Reed Richards entering the engine bay and initiating a manual destruct sequence on the rocket, she's telling the other scientist, the one with the bug on his back, that they need to call the MPs and have Reed arrested right away. And then a soldier enters the room, carrying a walkie-talkie, and saying that he's been tracking a steady radio transmission for a couple of hours. Where is it coming from? The scientist asks. The soldier replies, From you. It's coming from you! It's coming from the bug on his back. They call out the troops and they start searching the base for Reed. And we find Reed taking the guns away from a couple of guys and stealing their jeep. He speeds off, but they shoot out his tires... The jeep flips over, and Reed bounces away as a ball. But soon, more troops surround Reed, and they tell him to raise his hands. And he raises them all right, and he keeps raising his hands, and he grabs onto the fantastic car flying above, and he flies off on it. And they don't even try to shoot at him. What kind of soldiers are these? They just let the guy fly off without firing a single shot. Can they shoot him? Or would bullets bounce off his rubbery body? I can't remember if that's a thing or not. So Miss Dubuvier, ah, oh, I hate that name. 
from the Department of uh, Child Welfare is back, interviewing Sue about the terrible conditions her children are raised under. And Sue has assembled a group of women to interview to be a nanny. I guess having the kids looked after by a satanic witch, a blind lady, and freakish inhumans, maybe it's time to hire a real proper nanny. De Bouvier expresses concern that this is a dangerous place to raise children. And as if on cue, the building starts to shake. Reed runs into the room, saying they have to get out of there quick. The place will soon be swarming with government agents. It kind of reminds me of the time I was at a job interview, and I said, We gotta make this quick. The police could show up at any time. I didn't get the job. So here, Miss Dubouvier does not look pleased. Sue quickly fills Reed in on who this lady is and what she wants. Reed stretches his head out to Miss Dubouvier and says, Um, hi. Sue joins Reed and the rest of his body back in the room with Miss Dubouvier, and Reed explains that he just got back from a consulting job on an important government project, and he tries to smooth things over with her, telling her what a great mom Sue is. Miss Dubouvier ain't buying it. She says, It's clear I've come at a bad time. I'll be back in a few days with my supervisor. And she leaves, slamming the door behind her. Sue suggests that maybe she should just crush her with a force field. Eh, But she doesn't do that, unfortunately. It would be cool. Sue turns to Reed and asks what's going on. Reed says, It's a long story. Back in the waiting room, with all the nannies, Franklin shows up, and he asks the women if his mom has told them about the monsters. They have monsters all the time. The women look concerned. Haven't they ever watched the news? If they work in the Baxter building, monsters are the least of their worries. Sue comes in and tells the nannies that she has to go out for a bit and ask them to watch the children while she's gone. It would be helpful in determining which one to hire. Do people do that with a nanny? Ask them to watch their children for free as part of the job interview? Ben runs by and the nannies are surprised. It's like they've never seen the very famous superhero, The Thing, before. So the Fantastic Four are in a meeting together and Reed is telling them about the Cosmic Ray Project and his theory on why they all got different powers. He concludes the Cosmic Rays must have come from something intelligent. Something intelligent that was trying to communicate with them. Oh man. Straczynski is doing the same thing here that he did in Spider-Man, trying to retroactively change the entire origin of the character. So the FF weren't just part of some random freak event. It was planned by some intelligent alien life form out there. Reed says they have to figure out a way to respond because they may have guests soon and the exact combination of cosmic rays is about to occur again. Johnny asks how they should respond and Reed says they should go back into space and show that they recognize the exact combination of cosmic rays and that that they know there was some intelligence in how they were affected. Sue is wondering what might happen to them if they get hit with those cosmic rays again. Will they change? Will they die? Or will nothing happen? Probably nothing will happen. Nothing has happened for the last three issues. Why start now? Reed says that he and Sue have decided to go back and it's up to Johnny and Ben to make up their own minds. It doesn't take them any convincing to get Johnny and Ben to agree to come on this rocket ship. Sue doesn't even have to call Ben a coward. So later, they're all in the rocket ship And it's not quite an exact duplicate of the original rocket ship from issue one. So I don't know if that's going to be an issue. As they prepare to take off, they get a call from a General Clement Bragg, 
who orders them to surrender. Reed says he can't do that. He has to finish what he started. Started what? The general asks. The countdown, Reed replies. The building starts to rumble. A door in the roof opens up and the rocket shoots out. How did they fit such a big rocket into the Baxter building, by the way, I wonder. Down on the street, Miss de Bouvier sees this and she writes a note down in her pad, saying to herself, that has to be some kind of safety and housing violation. No shit. Finally, someone from the government recognizes that you shouldn't be launching spaceships from your apartment in the middle of Manhattan. So the FF get into orbit and they're wondering what will happen next. Ben is hoping that the second exposure to cosmic rays will turn him back to normal. But doesn't he remember back in issue 310, he was exposed to cosmic rays a second time, and it turned him into an even uglier version of the thing. But I assume that was a different configuration of cosmic rays. But Ben doesn't know that. You would think that after what happened in issue 310, he would not want to go on this mission. Reed says he detects the cosmic rays. Sue tells Reed that she loves him. Ben says he wishes he could cross his fat fingers. And with that, the ship is bombarded with cosmic rays. And that is the end of the issue to be continued next time. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott, at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over.